<laughs> okay, so you really want to know, huh? Fine. I'm gonna start by telling you this. And this is important, so listen up. Your entire life, this one and many others, you've been a god who uses its absolute power to make yourself powerless. Entire cultures, especially this one, have all been afraid of their weaknesses, supposedly, when in reality, they've all been afraid of their power. This goes beyond the matrix of reality. This is something much deeper than that. This is eternal. This is fully realizing your consciousness. This is infinite. This is evolution. This is our divine right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show, Bootsy Greencast. Uh, you know, because people like podcasts that have uh, your your stripper name uh, on the, the title of the show. It makes it somehow, at least it's easier to find online. I'm really excited to have an amazing guest today. And just before we get started, I just kind of want to talk to you guys about some stuff that I've got going on. It's It's a lot. There's a lot of things going on. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm super stoked to be able to share so many things. Uh, first of all, if you're not already, hop in my Facebook group, hashtag get coached. Uh, I share a lot in there. I do live stuff. I make exclusive videos and things like that in there. It's a really intimate, small community. Um, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I also have a Discord server as well. Um, if we wind up talking, it's something that I usually let people in to if they're cool, but I also have it access available on my website. And um, I also have um, to shout out to my friends at Content Safe. Uh, shout out to them. They're amazing. They're going to make sure that this episode uh, is going to be carried all over the internet, um, all over the place, no matter what YouTube says about it. I mean, I don't think we'll get too controversial here. But then again, who defines controversial anymore? I also have a, a, a new event coming up, uh, Magic and Manifestation in the Arizona Mountains, February 10th through 13th, 2022, with Brandon Powell and Joe Roop. I'm really, really, I, I don't know, flattered, I guess, to be part of this event. It's really cool. And Joe and I have already been talking about all kinds of stuff that we're going to share. Um, I'm going to kind of come from the modern uh, school of, you know, manifesting or whatever we want to call it. And he is really going to come from the more traditional magic side of things. So he and I are coordinating uh, and it's going to be pretty righteous, our presentations, uh, because they'll fold into one another. And I'm really excited. He, he's really the catalyst for that. He's really excited and, uh, and it should be a lot of fun. Um, so check into that. That's with the Grimerica gang. Um, I am launching a new course that's really short. Um, and so this is what the, the page looks like when you go in there. I'm, I'm still kind of working on this stuff. And if you guys have feedback for me, I'd love to hear it. Uh, just hit me up. Let me know. I'd be happy to take any notes. Um, so I'm really excited about this, though. It really kind of shortcuts everything. And it cuts out a lot of just 
everybody has, you know, a course with 80,000 hours of bonus content. Well, you know what? That's not what's valuable anymore. What's valuable is the information you need to know well organized and cut out all the crap. So that's what I really tried to do here. And I got a couple of meditations and things like that as part of the course as well. But I'm really excited uh, to launch that. Um, so far, I've gotten like a really lot of good feedback about it. So hit me up about that. Um, and last but not least, uh, let's go ahead and start to, uh, getting ready for our friend, Amy, Amy Hoffman. She has done a ton of work. I mean, we can see here, look at all these uh, courses that she's done. Uh, she's a, uh, key gong. She's a yoga instructor. Uh, she's really gotten a lot into the food, good food unearthed is her website. And I have all her links in the description. So be sure and go and subscribe to all those links. Check out her email or her uh, website and get on her email list. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time all the way from you're in Newfoundland, right? All the way from up north. Yeah, that's right. Thank you for having me here. It's, it's a pleasure. I really, um, we bumped into each other via the autonomy network, uh, Richard Groves course. I was on one of the Q and a calls and you are just, you were just uh, holding court in that call. <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, wow, she's just spitting hot fire, you know, like P Diddy would have been jealous. Um, and, uh, I, and then we, and then you were able to come and, and hop on a call, uh, with some people from my discord server. Um, and we just kind of connected that way. And I've been really, really impressed with your work. I wanted to say thank you for doing it and talk to you for a little while and, uh, and find out a little bit more about how you got started, what you're working on and, uh, and how we can implement some of the, some of the research that you've, um, that you've come across. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you. And it's been really great meeting you too, especially through autonomy. There's been some amazing people there. Um, so wherever you like, would like to start, we can go ahead and, and jump into any topic. Okay, that's awesome. Well, thank you for that. Um, yeah, keep it casual. And there is a live chat. So everybody out there, if you're watching this, feel free to launch zingers. Uh, my, my audience is usually pretty funny and they do have a good sense of humor. Also, questions are more than welcome. And, you know, we can uh, potentially have some people hop in if they want to come in and, and chat and, and chat with us live. So I always like having the opportunity or ability to do that. It's super fun. But where I would really like to start is I know that you got into food really or like in your teens, um, which, uh, which wasn't that long ago, but you, you definitely have some experience uh, understanding <laughs> food, how, 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 it, how it relates to our body uh, as well as you know, um, what to eat and how to eat it. There's so much information out there. It's, it's a lot to wade through health wise. I'm really happy to have somebody that I kind of makes a diet plan for me. And I eat basically kind of the same thing over and over again. Um, I probably should vary it a little bit more, but uh, I would love to know, just tell me about the genesis of how you got, uh, you know, started studying this stuff and what the impact has been in your life. Yeah, um, food has always been something that's kind of a passion for me. My family really enjoyed um, food. But having said that, like, I, we never had very much money. So we kind of grow, grew up getting, you know, the coupon stuff and things out of boxes. And um, so when I was younger, it was really interesting. I just remember having this thought that, you know, I, I wasn't very well um at like a certain age, like I could tell that, you know, I, I shouldn't be like 
unhealthy. I was like lethargic and, you know, I didn't have enough energy to just play and run around. And I was like, what's going on with me? Um, and I just had this thought that like, it came to my head. I was like, you should be eating fruits and vegetables. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how to start. So um, what was really interesting with that um, and not having money is like, I never got caught into the processed um, health foods. So it was always like, okay, I see what that is. It looks healthy. What's it made of? And that got me into looking at ingredients. Um, I had done a science fair project when I was younger as well, where I like looked at moisturizing lotions and we just had the internet. So I started doing all this research and taking it apart. And I started looking at the labels of everything and just being like, I just want this to be simple. Why is it so complicated? <laughs> Look at all this stuff that's in everything. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up, uh, using some of my allowance money um, around the time I was like 12 and uh, 13, 14. And I decided that I, I didn't want to read any fiction books anymore. I went to like the bargain section and found some stuff on um, juices and smoothies were the first ones I got because they outlined these different fruits and vegetables and they said, you know, what they could give you. And there were different combinations and all of that, that I was really fascinated with. So um, that's where I started. And then it took some time and I was the only person in my family to do the change. But um, what I appreciated most was that my parents never tried to tell me what to do and they never tried to stop me. Um, so there was a respect for our free will and like individual choice and to try things out. Um, but you know, there's a lot of social pressure. And so I was just kind of like, if I don't make the change, nobody else is going to do it for me. So I just had to kind of, uh, bite the bullet at one point and be like, you're doing it. And that was like the first, you know, step off. And it's like, even if I like stumble and fall and and make mistakes I'm determined to make it work so it was a, it's been a long journey of discovery but it's also ended up being like the key to the world for me because I ended up uh, using food as an occupation which allowed me to travel and live and work around the world um, connect with people who speak different languages of different cultures. And that's been really amazing. Wow. That is really cool. Um, can you, you know, tell, tell us a little bit about what you've learned, like just the fundamental kind of stuff about food and, and maybe how we can kind of begin ourselves to get a little bit healthier. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'll preface this with I have a webinar that I will refer people to called Empowered Health, Become Your Own Advisor. Um, because I do believe that the best thing you can do, I do not put all of my faith into scientific studies, and there's a very good reason for that. Um, most anything that you can put down, there is so much immense variability. And I love science. But we forget, we tend to think that there's a certainty there and there's not. So the best thing that you can do, um, and when I'm working with kids, I'm doing this right now with free thinking sessions with them, is to start to listen to yourself. And that's what I did. So 
whatever you're doing, one of the things you can start with base is to make things as simple as possible. It's not so much adding things because we've one of the most convincing, effective cons that has ever happened and continues to happen all over the place is convincing you that you lack, you lack something and whatever it is that you lack, I need to convince you that you lack it so that I'm the one who you get a dependent relationship with me and I'm going to give it to you. Right. Or if I don't want you to ever feel good about yourself, even if you get the thing that I tell you will make you better, you'll never be better because I've convinced you that you lack, but everybody has the ability to tune in and listen to their body. There are multiple forms of intelligence, not just our intellect. So if you can let those things go, we actually all know if we take out all the complications, you know, get like real food and even question what you call food. What I would call food is something you put into your body and you feel good after you've had it and it gives you health. If it gives you something else, like you got heartburn some uh, gastritis, pain in your gut, if you have constipation, if you get bad breath or bad body odor, if you sweat excessively, all these are signals to you that something that you have been exposed to or ingested is not really sitting well. And we all know this. We've just kind of, we don't really listen to these signals. So, I mean, that's kind of like my, my, base, vague answer. Um, the other thing I'll mention is how I came about, how I went about it was to figure out what food would be for me. I also look at freedom, right? So I would say to myself, how much effort would it take me to get that food from scratch on my own and put it together? And cause I want to look for something that if I get that, I want to know that it's sustainable. I'm going to get lots of energy out of it. I don't need a ton of it and it doesn't require a lot of excess in there. So uh, there's a lot of things that we eat that are, if we think of the process that goes into actually getting those to make them into edible forms that we're consuming, it's a long process. So you can bring it down and make it like really simple. So that's my vague. If you, if you want to go into details, we can, but. I love that. No, that's yeah. really, really good. And yeah, I'll, I'll direct people to your webinar for that because it's really well put together. And I mean, I think the obvious is unseen. Like that's something that is just a truth of the universe. I love that you um, are pointing out, you know, this idea of lack that, you know, how people can manipulate us with psychological triggers, like you know, in marketing or, <clears throat> you know, whatever. I mean, it's kind of, it's the same process, right? Like whether that's, uh, you know, training people to, to, you know, be a part of a group or if it's uh, just trying to sell things, then it's usually the same process. And I like the idea that mm -hmm. keeping things simple, uh, like our body telling us very obviously like, oh, I feel really bad when I eat this. Well, maybe you should stop. seems like some really obvious advice, but like some people don't, don't think about it. Some people don't even, you know, process that or, or mm -hmm. think about it. That's what we're told to eat. We were given a pyramid and it was like, here's what you eat in this pyramid. And so here's how, 
you need to implement it, you know? Um, and so, and I think it's uh, another kind of fallacy too, uh, that it, it's really, really expensive to eat healthy. I don't think that necessarily has to be true. Um, exactly. I had a friend who was a vegan and she was right. like, dude, rice and beans are cheap, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the fancy, <laughs> yeah. fancy stuff that's made of a yeah. bunch of things that you can't pronounce mostly soy that stuff's expensive. Mm -hmm. But I mean, as you were saying earlier, it's not an ingredient you can pronounce. It's something that, you know, is just put together in a lab or something like that. Is that really what your body wants or needs? So I think that's really uh, mm -hmm. great advice on a place, yeah. place to start. <clears throat> yeah. And something you mentioned there too, because you were talking about, you know, eating like a varied uh, diet and that's, we tend to make things so, so complex. Now I live in Newfoundland and this is in Canada and we have winter, maybe, you know, most of the year, um, but we can still grow things here and there's tons of stuff you can forage and the things that grow here are enough. And I'll tell you why people are so concerned with superfoods and they're so concerned with micronutrients. And like you were talking about, this is really clever marketing. One of the things to remember about manipulation that I'm going to put in here is that a lot of manipulation is not ill-intentioned. It's people truly believe in what they're selling you. So you always have to ask yourself, you know, what went into that person's belief? about this being good for me. I want to look at the data. I'm going to drop the theory and I just want to get the pieces. So I want to tell you how cool nature is, right? Because you want to talk about life being dynamic and we've all heard about the microbiome, microorganisms, all these different things that are existing in the air around us, on all the surfaces, all around us as well and in us. Um, that is always changing. So if you were to go outside and you had an apple tree and you ate an apple, you picked one apple from the tree, that apple is not going to be exactly the same as another apple from that same tree. And you're going to get a mixture of different microorganisms. You're going to get a mixture of different components. We have this phenomenon of making reductionist science like focusing on these tiny little components that we've discovered and given a name to and making them seem like they're really important, but we take them out of the whole, the context of the whole. And in terms of like vitamins and micronutrients, there's way more than we could ever know. And they're always changing just like we are. And as long as you're tuned into that, you don't need to make it complicated. You just need to be where you are. You can go outside, eat a dandelion. And you know how many amazing things you're going to get from that? <laughs> like, you don't need to take a supplement. You don't need to like be like, I got to buy this thing that was made in a lab somewhere because nature doesn't have what I'm looking for. It can be that simple and that inexpensive. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I get caught up in that whole thing, you know, to obviously want to make sure I'm getting enough protein and, and, and that type of stuff, but the whole micronutrient, you know, you got to take all these different vitamins and supplements to, you know, uh, to make sure you're getting this thing and that thing. 
with most of that stuff, like I've been definitely <laughs> tricked uh, quite a few times in buying different supplements and, and and things like that. And I feel no difference. There's some things that I have felt differently. There's some of the uh, like the alpha brain, for instance, like I really did like when I tried that. Uh, but like for the most part, like whether I'm taking like, you know, vitamin D or uh, I'm trying to think what it was, K, K2 or, or whatever, um, I'm yeah, I can't tell. I can't personally tell any difference. I don't feel any different in my body or whatever. And I feel like if it is working, shouldn't you should, right? Like you would feel a difference. Is that correct or no? Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting too about the vitamins. Like you mentioned vitamin D and vitamin D is not even really a vitamin. <laughs> That's the funny part. Uh, vitamin uh, D is the name they've given to a hormone. So it's a hormone that's produced in your body. Uh, you do not need to have all of the sunlight all the time. Vitamin D is actually quite, I might get my head bitten off for this, but it's, it's quite controversial because it is not guaranteed. Uh, it is not guaranteed to be safe. There are adverse side effects. There are not, there are certain amounts that are not good. Um, they don't at, they don't talk about that. Um, they've been pushing it very hard for the past few years. Um, but they've also changed the diagnostic parameters, which is done often in medicine. Um, you have diagnostic parameters where even people who are in Hawaii who are sunbathing all the time are low in vitamin D, right? So vitamin D is something that your body produces when you have exposure to sunlight. Um, you can you get like this store of it, it, you get a dormant form in your body, and then it gets activated when you need it. So you get an active form, there are certain foods that you can eat that may um, interact with the production of that. Uh, and that's, you know, gets a bit, bit more into the details. But um, what's interesting is you don't need a ton of sunlight. So like here, doesn't matter like your your skin color, uh, how much you're working indoors, your body is so intelligent, you know, it, it will work with you for what you're exposed to. And it's okay if it's cloudy, right? <laughs> it's not like we're really picky about like, okay, it needs to be full sun. And I need to be out there with like my, my, uh, my bikini top on. So all my skin can be exposed. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, just, just relax. You know, there's, uh, no need to, uh, rush around with a lot of these things. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, I do try to get outside more, you know, a friend of mine gave me a tarot reading like maybe a year or so ago and she was like, get outside more. And, uh, you know, just getting exercise, just walking around the block, uh, you know, doing what I can just to, just to move, you know, I, I'm, we're bipedal. I'm pretty sure we're supposed to walk around. I got this, I got the standing desk, right? Like I'm that annoying <laughs> guy who talks about his standing desks and everywhere he goes. Um, and, and that's actually helped me a lot. I can tell a difference just in my posture because I'm not like sitting and hunching over a laptop, which I was doing a lot, you know, the more you're, if you're not working on a computer, a whole bunch, mm -hmm. then eh, whatever. But, you know, I do tend to stand in front of this thing, uh, quite a bit. So that, that has helped me a lot. And that's just really a simple thing. You know, it's like, I'll walk and go get, uh, you know, a couple of gallons of distilled water from the, uh, from the store. That's like less than a mile or so from here. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and that, that's a great way for me to get exercise and do chores at the same time. 
um, and get a good sweat in uh, here in the South because it's already like in the nineties here. So it's, it's nice and hot. Um, oh. let's, talk, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about, let's talk a little bit about water. I would be curious to know um, what you may have learned or picked up about water. Like I try to drink distilled water. I don't, I try not to drink tap water, you know, like the plebs. Um, but uh, I also love uh, <laughs> water. I'm a big fan of this stuff here, Topo Chico. I'm going to start tweeting at them every day until they mm -hmm. just get annoyed with me and, and, and get, and send me like a six pack or something. Like I, I realized yesterday that I have such a, <laughs> I have a, a problem with mineral water, specifically this brand, because I love the way it tastes. And it's almost worse than alcoholism because I, as I'm walking out with a 12 pack of this stuff and I'm already scared of running out, you know, I know the party's <laughs> going to end. I'm conscious about it. So like, it's this whole like devastation as I'm, I'm like, yeah. Oh, I should get more. Like I've got a, a whole fridge full of this stuff, but no, um, if you, um, if you would mind sharing just a little bit uh, about water and maybe what you've learned about that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's like a whole, I don't have a whole lot of information on water. I haven't specialized in it. I've heard, I've come across a few things, but I know there are other people who have looked at water a lot more than I have. Um, what I do find interesting is, yeah, again, there's a lot of complications. Um, I, what I want to mention is one thing in particular. So we all know about like drinking river water and we're told like not to do that because you might get giardia and like all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then the whole issue about, um, what was it, cholera, right? And contaminated water. Um, it's something interesting that I was exploring last year in the summer and like we have, you know, chlorinated water we use chlorine and other things to treat you know tap water and I was thinking about you know how that works and what you're doing to all of the organisms that live in the water and how that would affect you um, we have a filtration system on our sink it's just carbon filter um, we don't do reverse osmosis and there's a lot of things that get removed from that um, but some of the best water I've ever had is, um, actually well water and spring water. So here in Newfoundland, I've been fortunate enough to get, yeah, well water and spring water, and we don't boil it. We just drink it and it's fine. Um, so yeah, the, the interesting thing about the, um, treating water that I've been exploring, um, kind of goes with looking at the whole germ theory and what causes illness in terms of like, are they the little microorganisms that are causing the illness or what's going on there and what could be something different that you could do, like instead of using chlorine or something like that. Um, but that needs, yeah, I need to investigate that a bit more, but I think there's some promising stuff there. So part of why I was interested in that was because we're so afraid of you know, just drinking water that we come across in nature and be like, I don't know what's in that. And I don't want to get, you know, <laughs> I don't want to get uh, that uh, diarrhea that, you know, like I'll be like incapacitated. And, and so then you bring like water treatment stuff when you go camping and, and maybe you don't need it. And that would be great if uh, that were true. So. 
It was true when I was in Costa Rica. Um, you know, we would hike through the jungle. I worked for Outward Bound for mm -hmm. uh, several months. I did a, a, a long like internship with them. And then I worked with them for $25 a day for Outward Bound in Costa Rica. Um, and working with kids, uh, mostly, you know, uh, later high school, college aged kids. Some of them were you know, had certain things that they were dealing with, but I learned a lot from, you know, from living that way, really, really close to nature. And literally you can just, the Sevegre river, that's where we would hike through in Piedras Blancas. You couldn't even really drive in there. You'd have to have a motorbike or a horse to kind of get into that village, but we would hike mm -hmm. and do like four, five day hikes into the village, get to the village. And the whole way you could just take your water ball and just dip it into the Sevega river and just immediately drink it. Um, I don't know hundred percent that it's still that way there, but it was such a beautiful, clean river. Um, and that was pretty amazing. That's how it's supposed to be. I've also seen people get Giardia and I've seen people get bot flies too <laughs> in, in Costa Rica and other, other weird oh, kind of weird, strange, uh, things. Um, but you know, I, I've definitely ha seen people and I, and I filter my water whenever I'm hiking in the, in the app on the Appalachian trail, for instance, I have like a pump that has a filter in it uh, just mm -hmm. to be safe. Cause you know, I don't know what it is that may be making us sick too. Maybe it's a, a different um, microorganism or maybe it's just pollutants. It could be a, a number of things. Um, but yeah, I definitely uh, have yeah. done that when I'm hiking here in the, in the States because I don't know that the water's nearly as pure as what it was when I was down there. Um, but it, mm -hmm. at the same time, like there's still so much, just vegetation, you know, and just like you were talking about like a dandelion. I've even heard a couple of people talking about uh, things like that uh, before. Tell us about a dandelion specifically and why I should go out into the yard and, and start and eat my weeds instead of uh, blowing them and making wishes in, in into the universe. <laughs> well, please do blow them because then we get much more dandelion. <laughs> win all right i love it yeah. <laughs> yeah um no i find weeds fascinating um i did a lot of research into uh foraging and wild edibles and and one of the cool things i found was that weeds in particular the things that we like to call weeds they tend to um travel around with human populations and it just so happens that they're edible which is really interesting. Um, the only thing you watch out for is if it's in like a toxic area because they kind of take up those toxins and try to like, it's, it's almost like trying to fix the soil, right? So then you don't want to eat those, okay. but yeah. So if it's in, in a place where, you know, like they haven't um, sprayed, it's, you know, they, they haven't been exposed to that, like go ahead and, and eat it. And What's really cool about it, you know, you read a book and you get this, um, they tell you like what you get from the plant, right? What's, if you read enough of these books and you start looking at enough plants, you're going to start to see that most of them are giving you most of the same things. So it's really cool. It's not like, oh, go out and get dandelion and you're going to get um, something like really, really different and really unique. Um, you could also have cabbage and have, you know, your, your cabbage heads or whatever, 
you could have uh, what's it? Some of the leafy greens tend to have similar properties to them. So if you start looking at plantain, um, dandelion greens, bur- uh, burdock, um, what else do they have that grows near like you've got stinging nettle and near the stinging nettle, you usually have another plant that grows nearby that like, if you get stung by the stinging nettle, you can like make a poultice out of it and it'll help take the sting away. Um, but mo- a lot of the greens will do that, which is really cool. Yarrow. Uh, is there you can they usually clover and you can have the clover leaves and like the clover flower Um, and there's just a whole bunch here we have another one that's they nickname sweeties and I think it's also called like lamb's quarter Um, and that has like uh, you can actually taste this acidic uh, taste to it almost citrusy in the leaves and uh, yeah it's just it's, it's nice. And the dandelion, you can eat the leaves. Um, you want to get the leaves before the flower buds come and come out because then they're not as bitter. Um, and you can eat the leaves, you can eat the flower and you can also eat the root. So it's pretty neat. And they're nitrogen fixing, which is also really cool. So now, now here's the cool part. When I talked about rethink what you think food is, Okay, if anybody's taken organic chemistry, or even you just know basic chemistry, right, what, what are basically we call we tend to dissect food, we say it's like carbohydrates, fats and proteins, right? Well, what are those? The carbohydrates and fats and proteins all contain oxygen, hydrogen, and carbon. And they're just in different structures. So then they have a different um, mode of acting with you. Protein has nitrogen. Where does the nitrogen come from? It comes from the air, the plants take it in and form the amino acids. So we don't have to be all obsessive about protein either. Because you know, you think about all the other animals that aren't obsessing about protein, and like you get animals grazing on just like, you get big caribou and big moose and they're just grazing and they get everything they need. Right. So it's, it's really cool to see, like, it's that simple. They're like same components in a different shape and a mixture of those creates what we call food. And then you have a whole bunch of other things in there that we like to say are vitamins and minerals. And, and I'll just add too. I have, um, in, if you go to my website on the free thinking stuff for kids. I did one called tuning in with nature and it talks about wild edibles. Um, and in there we have a little clip about what happens with minerals. How do you get minerals that you can actually, um, use in your body? They have to go from inorganic to organic. So what's really cool about plants in the roots, and it's not just the roots themselves, you get mycelia structures, you know, that help to break things down and they become part of the root structure of the plant. So they'll send out signals and say there's iron around there. Then that iron becomes like soluble so that it can go into the plant root and go and become part of that plant. Right. And then you can eat it and then you're able to access it. But how are you able to access it? It's because when you put it into your mouth, 
it goes through this whole process of breaking down, not just with what we think of as like our chemically produced enzymes and that sort of thing, but a whole host of microorganisms, which is, you know, what we're all composed of. So it's really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> no, that's amazing. I, I'm not that privy to the science of it, but um, I'm just like having a flashback now of when one of my friends came uh, to my birthday party and ate a bunch of acid and were grazing uh, grass in my front yard. And I thought they were ruining my birthday party. But the, in fact, what they were doing was uh, channeling some really <laughs> profound information from the alternative space that we need to, you know, go out there and, and smash some dandelions, right? <laughs> I think that's what the real message was. Yeah. Um, but no, it's really interesting. Other than, <laughs> other than dandelions, what are some easily identifiable um, things that we can just find naturally around uh, and, and, and partake in that are just natural? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of common weeds, like, yeah, stinging nettle, plantain, um, they tend to, red clover, uh, that grows almost everywhere. Um, gosh, what else? And there's some berries that also tend to do this. So I don't know where you're to, um, if that's true, but like you end up getting blackberry bushes, raspberry bushes, you can get wild strawberries that grow. They're quite tiny, grow in the, in the ground, in the grass, mm -hmm. um, here too, like we've got tons of these wild blueberries, um, gooseberries, uh, what else? There's uh, partridge berries. They're also called lingonberries over like um, in Northern Europe, they call them lingonberries. Um, cranberries, hmm. you know, they grow everywhere. And what's cool about some of the berry leaves is that you can also use those to make like a tea, which is really awesome. Um, you can have tree bark. Uh, there's certain like um, barks that you can use and like make into like a flower. There's a, different types of trees that you can get the sap from, or like you can use the myrrh and like, say you've got a cut and you can put that on your cut and you know, all, all different kinds of cool things. Um, there's wild raisin bushes. Um, and in your area, it's just fascinating to find like what you will have locally. Yeah. Wow. Wild raisins. That's like an old grape, you know, there's that old grape bush. No, but um, I want to just yeah. <laughs> that, that um, you know, to do your research, don't just go eating random stuff. Uh, that's not, uh, that's not advised yeah. <laughs> for everybody. Um, no, this, I will. Yeah. 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 I, I, I will tell you. Yeah. If you are new to it, like, look for people who know. And then the other thing is if you are by yourself, there's a couple of uh, steps you do. You can look to see if like other animals are eating them. You can also, um, you could take something and like smash it and put it on your skin and see if you react to it. The next step, if you don't react to it is you put it in your mouth and you spit it out. And then you see if there's like a reaction, right? Cause yeah, there's some berries that you don't want to eat. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of your, your testing method. There's a few things to go through. And if you do look at that tuning in with nature um, thing I did with the kids, that's kind of, that's part of it. It's all the observation you have to do. You don't just like go and like say, Oh, look, there's a red berry over there. I'm going to go eat that thing. Right. 
Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. I just want to, you know, make sure we're not mis misleading anybody. You know, we're here to, we're here to learn and, and, and learn, you know, and go deeper into these ideas. Also leaves of three, let them be, don't, uh, don't put those in your mouth. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't roll around in poison Ivy or, or any of that. That's no bueno. Um, I, I'm so allergic to poison Ivy. It's just kind of, I like avoid doing yard work just because of it. You know, like one time I got it so bad, my head swelled up. It looked like, it looked like a basketball. Uh, my sister didn't even recognize me. I had it so bad. It was, yeah. it was not good. Um, Oscar's in the chat and he says, uh, it, so if plants, fruits, veggies are growing within rocky sand or soil, do they have more minerals in them as a result of that? Or would that be an inference that we could make or no? Um, it's a good question. I, I wouldn't, it's interesting because there also have to be a lot of other things I'd have to look at. If rocky, um, it depends because, you know, in a forest, um, the, the trees are actually acting like giant tap roots and bringing up a lot of minerals up to that surface soil as well. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Good question, Oscar. And uh, he also, he's also confirming that eating random plants, not the best idea. It reminds him of that movie into the wild. <laughs> did you ever see that movie, Amy into the wild? Oh yeah, I did. That poor guy. Yeah. yeah. That poor guy. And that, that soundtrack just, oof, man. Like I love, I, I used to love Pearl Jam when I was in high school, but that Eddie Vedder acoustic, I mean, it just, it just makes me want to, Oh man, it's really sad to me. I don't, uh, I don't love that soundtrack for whatever reason. It just, it was just a little bit too, uh, too emotional. I don't know, too emo. I didn't, I didn't like it when Eddie Vedder went emo. I mean, come on, it's supposed to be an even flow. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, um, I'm still learning so much. I think it's really cool that you've been doing so much research into this and the foraging is something that, um, I think is just fascinating. I had some friends back when I was raft guiding that were freegans <laughs> and they would like dumpster dive too, but they yeah. would also like look around for, you know, different things that yeah. they could find uh, and ingest. Um, but obviously, right. Like we want to be careful um, whatever those things are, but that's really, uh, really, really fascinating. And that's just, that's just part of your work. I mean, there's so much, there's so much that you do. I would love to know mm -hmm. more about how you got into um how you got into yoga and how that kind of uh, plays into your work as well. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, I've, I love uh, movement and um, you know, uh, I remember when like I saw yoga, I can't remember exactly the first type that I saw, but I just love the flow and the ease of movement of the body. And I have a firm belief that, um, flexibility is really like your first best strength, because if your body can be flexible and you have that increased range of motion, then it doesn't matter like how strong you are, right? A lot of people go for strength and like weightlifting and all this stuff, but they forget about range of motion and flexibility. If you have range of motion and flexibility, the key for me is that I'm not going to get injured easily because if I fall down or if something bends or twists in a certain way, it won't matter because you just bounce back. Your body's used to it. So, um, the yoga that I actually ended up connecting with was uh, yin yoga. Mm -hmm. 
And that is all about um, slow, uh, deep movements where you say you don't have to do a ton of poses, but you go into a pose and it's all about matching the movement with your breath. And you tune into that and you go to the point of tension to the point where you can't go any further. And that's almost like you might have heard of uh, other people talk about breathing into the pain, but it's not pain, like it's right before pain. And you breathe and you stay there. And it's also like a practice of like patience. So you don't run away. And what you find is if you stay there, then you allow gravity to do the work for you. And there's an opening. And over time, then you can you increase your range of motion more. And what I really love about um, this type of yoga is that anybody can do it um, for any age. And even if you have disabilities. Um, so I helped uh, some people who were seniors um, do some one-on-one and it, I do believe that there is a yoga for every body. There's no like, it should never be about trying to mirror what somebody else is doing. The whole point of it is again, like just like the food to listen to your body and then to learn how it moves. And then you can challenge it the way you want to. And it's like that it overall, you're having this intimate conversation with life. And you're like, okay, this is how I work. And, or maybe, you know, maybe I want to sit cross-legged and I've never sat cross-legged and you can't do it right now. So how are you going to try to do it? And maybe you learn that, well, the way that you sit cross-legged, it's never going to be Lotus position, but that's okay. Cause your bones aren't really suited for that. Your bones won't allow it to happen. So there's a give and take there where you don't force and you have to do that daily practice of nonviolence with yourself where you challenge, but you don't, you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Cool. I've, I've done a couple of yin uh, yoga classes actually at the Y down the street. And, you know, for, for me, those were kind of the more challenging because you have to stay, you, you, you know, you stay still, you stay in that um, posture for like a while, you know, and you got to push the, obviously you don't want to hurt yourself, but you got to kind of push the pose a little bit, you know, to kind of like make your, uh, make yourself, you know, go a little bit further, a little bit deeper into that movement or that uh, position. And uh, yeah, it's something that uh, I've, I actually really liked the, the yin yoga and a lot of people were complaining, like a lot of people in the class uh, would complain about it. Um, compared to the flow yoga, which is kind of like the more common, uh, yoga that, that people do, but I, I really liked it. Um, can you talk about, um, can you talk about like, like what the origins are? Do you know, like how, how those two sort of, um, different, uh, approaches kind of split off what the benefit of one is versus the other or how they, um, how they're different. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of uh, history into yoga. um, And I don't think I know all the details, but um, it's interesting how there's a division now, because the like, what we call now the yang style yoga, it was just something that was really popular with people here in the West, because they looked at it as an exercise program. 
So we saw exercise programs as like, oh, you know, doing steps and like moving your body like this or running on a treadmill. So there had to be some kind of cardio involved and it had to be quick and you had to have all these kind of movements and people really love the headstands, the handstands, the really fancy yeah. stuff like this. And actually that reminds me of um, a Bruce Lee quote where he said, um, that like he could do all these like really fancy movements and kind of put on a show for you. But the really hard thing is to genuinely express yourself. And he meant that physically. So you're not adopting a style. You're not putting on a show for anybody, anybody, but you knowing yourself are able to move your body intuitively in exactly the way that your expression is calling for. And that's a real art that's where you know yourself. Um, I think that's what yoga was originally about, was moving your physical body in a way to express what it was you wanted to express. And so we got, um, when I looked at yin yoga, there was kind of a melding together of the, like the principles and like Tai Chi over from more of Eastern Asia. And then you have like India, like coming together. Um, and that slow meditative breathing component where the whole practice is supposed to be a meditation. Now, what's really cool is if you take the yin principles and you apply them to all the other types of yoga, they're so much better. And I'm not saying this because I'm biased. It's because you're you're listening to yourself. That's the whole thing. If you start moving with your breath and every pose you get into, you tune into exactly what position all your muscles and your bones are in that position before you move. So you get into like, say maybe, um, you know, the one where people like to do where they're flying like a bird mm -hmm. and like, you're on one leg and you have one leg behind you. Right. So you get into that and like go into, yeah. <laughs> and you stay in that position. And as soon as you get into it, then like do a whole check, a whole scan and make sure that everything is exactly where you want it to be. And then you breathe there for like two, three breaths. It doesn't have to be long. And that's so much better than just like, I'm going in, okay, I'm going to the next one and like doing the next one. Or even some people do it really fast, especially those um, sun salutations. But that's when you can hurt yourself is if you're going fast. Mm -hmm. So no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm all really a big fan of expression anyway, and like dancing and moving my body, moving my body in like whatever weird way I'm like sort of prompted to they just put on a Beck record and just have at it. Um, but that makes a lot of sense as far as like, you know, focusing really being present, you know, it's like everything that uh, like in Western becomes or becomes Westernized if it's yoga, right? It's all about showing off, right? Like the style, right? Like having the right pants and, <laughs> and doing all these fancy movements, you know, I, yeah. I find that to be, yeah, like people are put, doing handstands and putting it on Instagram just to show like what a badass yogi they are. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and I, I'm not trying yeah. to, you know, I'm not trying to hate, go do your thing, you know, be you. Um, but it's interesting. And I think it's really important to think about like, what is the intention of what, what I'm trying to do here? Like, am I trying to look cool 
or am I trying to get more in touch with my body? Um, I find that uh, really ultimately like a lot of the spiritual work is just bringing us back into our own self, like our own, you know, in, into our body, like not just the body, but like what is, you know, deeper even than that, like our spirit maybe that like, you know, continues to uh, live potentially after this lifetime uh, and just like becoming more and more aware of that. Um, so I, I really like that. I think that's, those are really good tips and it's something that I think people should to try to enjoy as opposed to try to like, you know, be uh, like really good at or whatever. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's really, really cool. I'm actually, I'm actually really glad I asked that question. Thank you so much for the response. It's really cool. Um, yeah. I, 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 cause, cause like I said, you know, people were just complaining a lot in that yin yoga class when I went uh, and I was pushing myself and maybe a little bit too much and <laughs> I'm not very flexible as it stands. I should definitely work on that. Uh, but, you know, like I did enjoy mm -hmm. just, just holding the pose, you know, and just like being there uh, for it. So I, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense in context and all, all of what you're talking about really comes, comes to, you know, keying in on our own signals, our own intuitive signals from, from our body. And I love that approach. Like, cause you're very smart. You're very scientific. You know, a lot about all this stuff and you've done a ton of research, but I mean, just to take a step back and from that place, like having that knowledge and, and, you know, understanding chemistry and stuff and just take a step back and say, Hey, you know, just how does it feel to you? Like, what do you, how does your body react to this? Like, those are really simple questions and it's, it's kind of silly and ironic that we overlook them so much in, in our society. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Um, cause like, I, I like to say, you know, when we talk about things, when we formulate a language and we start to have a conversation, we can, it's like um, Sun Tzu in the art of war, he was saying like, there's five primary colors, but from the mixture of all of those, you can get so many hues. And that's what we're doing. We're painting this picture and we're using language and it's really an art that we're doing. And the same with science. We're just, we're sharing a concept, but the actions are simple. They're always simple. So if if you ever get feel overwhelmed, because a lot of us do, a lot of us have been trained to be up here in our thoughts and emotions. And that's a very um, ephemeral space, a very active space. It's constantly changing. It's very dynamic. It's um, very fluid, but we try to like hold on to things because we forget that like that's not its nature. So we can just let it be and come back to what is grounding and just relax in that. That's also intelligence. Like we give a lot of association to the intellect, but coming back into the other parts of you that are communicating to you saying, okay, you can let that go. You don't have to be full of anxiety. You don't have to try to hold on to it. Just like the actions are simple, you know, like, what are you going to do right now? How are you going to feel? Just take it second by second. I love that. I think that's really, really helpful and simple. And I love boiling things down to simplicity. Like that's really, I mean, I don't think all this stuff has to be so complicated. I really don't. I think we overcomplicate so much. And one thing that Joe Dispenza talks about is that 
you know, our subconscious mind becomes our body. So like the thoughts and beliefs and way we act and react and who, how we're developing and the habits that we're forming ultimately just become second nature to us in time. And so I think giving ourselves the time and attention to just take, take temperature and take stock of like, how do I feel? What does this, how does, how, how am I reacting to this can probably help us to build um, some better habits. Um, so I think it's really, really good. I, I love the simplicity and I really appreciate you sharing that. And especially knowing as, like I said, as much as you do about this stuff, I mean, you could just like, you know, be real pretentious and, you know, uh, and, and use a lot of big words and, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. A lot of people do that. And, uh, I don't know that that's very helpful. I mean, it, it certainly makes people think that that person knows what they're talking about. But ultimately, I think inside we have uh, intuition that can kind of, you know, guide us. A lot of the things that I've picked up in sort of the spirituality movement have been things that were at first intuitive to me. And then I would read someone's book or, or hear something on a podcast or something like, oh, I've been doing that, you know, even um, breath awareness before yeah. I really had any clue. I was one day raft guiding in Montana and this is really, you know, I was starting to like start starting to question my reality and read certain books at this point. And, uh, and I really hadn't got into Buddhism or any of these types of practices, but for whatever reason, like I, I noticed my breath while I was like guiding the raft one day. And I was like, huh, I wonder if I should like pay attention to this. You know? <laughs> like, so it's just kind of my own body prompting me to be aware of itself, you know? And, you know, one of the practices that I do in the morning is just, just really focusing on, on my heart uh, and, uh, and, and that was something that I just, I figured out, uh, just kind of randomly. And then all, all of a sudden I learned about heart math, you know, and, and those types of things. So, um, so it's really mm -hmm. cool. I love that you're sharing this kind of stuff. Um, we have a little bit of a delay, uh, in the chat, but I'm going to see if, if anybody wants to hop in, uh, I will, uh, I'm looking for the invite. Yeah, the invite link. If anybody wants to hop in and ask a question or say hello, I'm going to put the link in. Or if you want to ask a question in the chat, I'm happy to, to translate, uh, but it, open it up a little bit here to see if anybody um, wants to hop in. You're welcome to do so. Um, and someone uh, says, uh, my buddy Dylan says, to stretch out your body is to stretch out your lifespan. Um, which is cool. I, uh, I need to, <laughs> I need to keep that in mind. Um, and then, uh, Mark says, uh, yeah. wanted to mention that, uh, something cautionary that he's heard about distilled water leaching minerals out of the body through osmosis, but maybe it helps to mix it up with mineral water. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that or not. Um, no, I'm, I'll, I'm curious about it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think it's interesting yeah. too. Uh, you know, I hear all kinds of different things about water and uh, distilled water and, and non-distilled. I just, for whatever reason, I, I feel like distilled water is like kind of evaporated water, if I'm not mistaken, like somehow or another. And that's how, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's like, you know, uh, captured <laughs> uh, for lack of a better word. And then you know, for that being the case. So I don't think there's like a lot of potentially like, like fluoride and things like that in that water. Um, let's see. Okay, cool. Mm. I haven't. So Mark's also saying on that theme, uh, there's a guy named Thomas Cowan, uh, who's got some interesting thoughts to add to that. So maybe I'll oh, uh, yeah. start looking into that. You know who he is? Mm -hmm. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, he seems to be um, really interested in water. So he, he might have some uh, interesting stuff to look at. Mm-hmm. I love the mineral water. I definitely do. I'm, I'm definitely addicted to it. And there's no doubt about that. Like, um, and that's, I, I feel like I could do worse as far as addictions go. Um, but I really, really like it. Uh, just the, and I like the bubbles too, the carbonation. And I know I've heard people say, Oh, my mom, for instance, like don't drink so much carbonated water. And then my friend told me that, um, that he marinated some like meat in uh, carbonated water and then it like made it really tender. And so that made me start thinking like, are my insides like <laughs> really tender from drinking all this stuff? Uh, and maybe they are, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they already were, so there's nothing, uh, nothing <laughs> doing there, uh, regarding that. But, um, but yeah. So, um, yeah, you guys, if you have any other comments or questions, either, you know, pop it in the chat or you're welcome to hop in, you know, we'll hang out for just a few minutes. If that's a few more minutes, if that's all right with you, Amy. Sure. Yeah. And in, in the meantime, yeah. I'll, I'll and I, you, I could jump in. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. Oh yeah. No, no, it's okay. Uh, I know we have a bit of a time delay. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I was just going to say that um, one of the things when you were talking about sounding like um, pretentious or like using complicated words, um, there was a, one of these people that I learned a lot from. He said that if you understand something really well, you can translate that idea to anyone. And I like to think of that as, you know, not dumbing it down, but Because, you know, when we think of English, we often think that everybody's speaking the same language, but they're not. Everybody has different associations for the different words that we use. So you you really, it's really a skill to be able to one, connect with that person and figure out, you know, what words are going to connect with them and what words are you going to use to try to convey your idea, your concept. And if you're skilled enough you can use, you can talk to anybody about your concept and you'll be, you'll be able to do it. You can use different formats of like, you know, different composition of it and you'll be fine. It doesn't matter what age they are. You could tell kids and kids get it. I mean, I I like to think that there is a concept I want to like share. Um, I don't think that there is anything superior or inferior everything's just different. So there's nobody better than you and there's nobody less than you. And that means that you are not better than or less than anybody else. If you're in that space, just imagine what that feels like. Now, all of a sudden, you're not comparing yourself to anybody because we're all awesome and we're all just different, different forms of awesomeness. And then it's like, well, this person is speaking this way, you know, (laughs) and like, and it's like, oh, that's really interesting. It's almost like watching another version of yourself talking in a totally different language. And it's like, wow, huh? (laughs) I love that. That's a really good way to to think about it. And it keeps it from being like sort of judgy. I just want to people to feel included. And I think you do a really good job of that. Um, and that's something that I'm really passionate about myself. You know, I want to be able to talk to somebody and I grew up in West Georgia. Uh, it's not the most, 
um, you know, metropolitan is not the most like, uh, you know, uh, contemporarily educated. There's a lot of just blue collar people there. There's a lot of people who, you know, and they're smart. Mm -hmm. I mean, like they're smart, smart people. They may not have the vocabulary, but I mean, if you're a tree farmer, for instance, then you got to be an engineer. You got to know how to fix machines. You got to work with big, uh, you know, big equipment and understand, you know, uh, mechanics and all kinds of different things like that. So, um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's not that people are, are, le are, are not as smart. In fact, they, like you said, they're just different levels of awesome. And I, and I tend to really want to connect and bring ideas like the sort of metaphysical ideas to people who may have not been exposed to that, or if they had, it was like in some weird sort of, you know, kind of woo woo, kind of way. So that's something that I think is really, really cool. And what a great way to express that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, let's see. Oh boy. That one's a spicy one. Um, Steve, you're trying to get me banned off YouTube. Good okay. thing I have content. Say. <laughs> well, Steve is asking like, there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> going around about uh, interacting and engaging with people who have uh, taken the, the modern medicine that, uh, that has been being you know, promulgated and how interacting right. with people, how that's going to mm -hmm. play out in the long term. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? I'm happy to share mine uh, afterward. Yeah. Um, there, I will recommend people go and read a recent article written by Rosemary Frey. Um, you can go to her website, rosemaryfrey.ca, and it's F R E I for Frey. And she just released it this past week on three things to tell whether a medical study is legit or bullshit. Right. And this is really important because uh, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of information. There's a lot that is stoking fear. I also have a webinar um, on my website called validating information when it matters most. Um, so if something is scaring you, what can you do to figure out if it's valid? And if it is something, if you find something that's valid, then what are you going to do about it? Right. So then you have to bring it back home to yourself. This issue um, is quite interesting because I think there's more behind the um, spreading of the story than meets the eye. Um, and I can just tell by the reactions of the people in general. So what I would ask is, you know, if I, if I came across this story, uh, first, I would want to look to see, okay, I, I, you know, I've done a bit of research into this different type of technology and the historical use of it, and also the presence of these certain particulates that are in the environment from other uses. Okay, they're very prevalent but you have to then break them down into their component parts. And then you also have to look and see what other variables are at play that we're not taking into consideration, which is making it seem a lot scarier than it is. So I'll give you an example that's not directly about this, but there's a lot of people who are concerned about like say the Harvard project, which I'm sure you won't be censored for because they published it themselves on the geoengineering. And they want to block some of the sun's heat because of the global warming, right? So yes, there's concern about this stuff being sprayed into the air and what it's going to do to people. Um, there's concern about like, you know, weather modification stuff. 
okay, what do you know about weather science? Because what goes into affecting that whole system that's interconnected, it's not just that thing itself. You've got every single thing on the planet, every single thing in our universe, every single thing beyond that, that's having an effect, right? So there's way more at play. You also have to think about when you're talking about what are you going to do, right? If you're around somebody else that you're concerned of, you have to remember that around your whole body, you have about the size of what people call like your aura, your microbiome takes up that whole space. You can think of it as like your shield, right? And your microbiome is composed based upon the stuff that your, your daily life and what you're eating all the time what you're putting into your body, what you're exposing yourself to, you have this attraction to create this microcosm that is you and that's all around you and within you. So you have a ton of defenses. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And here's the thing to think that a particle, even when we talk about a single microorganism could go from me to you without changing in that space is kind of, you know, there, there's a lot missing in that picture there. Um, and if you look into the science of transmissibility, yeah, in transmissibility, um, it is not clear cut. And it never, never was. There's, there's immense variability, there's immense spectrum. And even if you were exposed to something like say you were exposed to a poison in your environment, you got exposed to a toxin the effect on you as an individual is not going to be the effect that's the same on somebody else because of your makeup. Hmm. So that's kind of the, I mean, when you get into science, it's a long winded answer if you want the real answer, but if you want somebody to give you a sense of certainty and you're going to want to question that person because they're not telling you the whole story and it could just be because they don't know it and they haven't asked the questions. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. And I would say from a spiritual perspective, like um, there's nothing to be afraid of, you know, we're here to, I think, and this is my theory, feel free to argue with it, but I think we're here to learn unconditional love. And, you know, that being the case, no matter what someone chooses or what they do, I'm not going to put a wall between me and them. And I don't recommend that you do that. If you are spiritually aware person, then you've got to know that beyond this reality is infinite bliss and, you know, eternity and, and, and unconditional love and all those things, there may be more and more levels to kind of climb through to get to that, but ultimately it all resolves to one. Um, so I, you know, just want to say, do everything that you can to love anybody where they're at, <clears throat> regardless of the choices that they've made, allow them to make their choice. That's my opinion. And, um, and take it as it comes. No one's getting out of here alive, people. None of us will. So, you know, one of the, my <laughs> biggest pet peeves on the face of the planet are, uh, you know, spiritual guru type of people who are concerned about, you know, mm -hmm. other people's, you know, quote unquote, well, well-being, right? Like we've got to save people from this and save people from that or, or, you know, censor this or stop this thing. It's like, dude, I thought you were enlightened, Deepak Chopra. You know, why are you, uh, why are you coming for people, <laughs> yeah. into, you know, coming, coming into people's lives and, and trying to. Uh, limit their rights. So I'll say that and I'll, without getting too emotional mm -hmm. or fiery, 
uh, I'll, I'll leave it there. And then we have, uh, Oscar, I think, uh, popping in. So I'm going to let him and Dylan, please, uh, please do come back in. I wasn't trying to not let you in. I just wanted Amy to be able to finish uh, her thought. So Oscar is coming in. I think Oscar, maybe Lori too. Welcome. No, why are you, uh, why are you coming first? Get a little, what's up, Oscar? If you're there. All right. Hey, hey, hey. There he Sorry is. for the delay there. No, that's okay. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? Uh, Amy's answer was probably one of the wisest things I've heard about that uh, particular question. So thank you, Amy. Um, I had a similar conclusion because a lot of family members have, you know, taken upon themselves to accept the uh, modern medical solution, quote unquote. And, um, and when she heard about this particular situation, uh, she had a lot of concerns, you know, to the point where she was like, am I going to have to stop hanging out with my own sister? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, let's not jump to conclusions here. I, I don't, Ultimately, I don't think that we are susceptible in the sense of that we have to fear this. And, and having, you know, having any kind of fear around it, I don't think is a wise approach either. So um, overall, I, I was just reassuring her. I'm like, I, ultimately, I, I, I did say, I, I'm like, I'm not sure. I really don't know. I just don't think it's anything to worry about. Like, I don't think it's wise to fear into this or to place fear towards your own loved ones. And that, yeah. It just doesn't seem right to me. I couldn't agree more. And I see that there's a Bill Hicks mm-hmm. book on the back of your shelf. That, <laughs> what did he say? This Everything we do comes down to choose two choices, fear or love. And so where are we coming from? Like, it's real, real simple. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm coming from a place of fear, like yesterday, you know, I had a little bit of a, a, a crazy scenario happen and I stood up for myself, but I didn't, I don't think I came from necessarily a fear place. You know, uh, I still tried to like st- stay grounded and all of that, all of that stuff and, and, and be able to stick up for myself, but just like keeping that, you know, in mind, like where, where are we coming from? Because this is, potentially very divisive. Um, I think that oftentimes, and, and from a comic perspective, it's actually really funny. Like, wouldn't it be funny if the, the anti-maskers start wearing masks yeah. to protect themselves against, <laughs> right? Like that's just hilarious. But, um, <clears throat> but you know, from that, per, from that place, like, you know, people, people are being divided, you know, within their own household and um, their, their family, their friends, you know, but I, I, from, from like, from the place of, of spirituality or, or grounded or, or, or values or morality, I think that it's really important to take the high road and to not be the, not be the people who put those divisions in place. There's just really no point. Uh, no one's beyond, mm-hmm. you know, salvation for lack of a better way to say it. Um, but, uh, you know, we should just try to treat everybody as best we can and, and accommodate from, from a place of love as opposed to, you know, being afraid or pointing our finger or getting mad or angry at someone because of a decision that they made with their body. That's their choice. Um, so that's just my position on, on that. And I appreciate you um, coming in and, and sharing a little bit, Oscar. Very well said. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if we, if we choose to, to uh, 
And this reminds me of a conversation between Catherine Austin Fitz and, uh, oh, geez, I think her name is, uh, uh, it'll come to me later. But anyway, it was a very recent conversation that the, these two ladies had. And um, uh, she mentioned that when we express any anger or hate towards whatever it is that we're challenged by, we're making a kind of we're making a connection that we do not want to cultivate there. And you know when when you're opposing something like uh, the the tyranny that we're facing, you know if we react with hate and and fear and anger, we are actually feeding into that and making it making that greater. And that's not the kind of thing we want to cultivate here. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a lot of that is, you know, echoing what Amy was saying earlier, because we have certain protections there that are hard to explain. They're, they're not so cut and dry. And, you know, when you're talking about a particular particulate, uh, between one going to one person to another, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there really is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are so many other known carcinogens out there that um, that can be displayed as evidence. Um, let's look at those things first, then trying to, you know, create fear within amongst, you know, among us, among the people that we love, and just people that uh, we come across in everyday life. Yeah, that's really well said is also, I just want to yeah. let everybody know I've, I've had so much great feedback, Oscar, from the song, uh, the song that's on the podcast. That's the introduction music is Oscar's song. He made it and sent it to me one night when we were just, oh. uh, we were just <laughs> like, you know, uh, just chatting or whatever. And then I was like, well, you've been working on music. You know, I used to do music and he's like, yeah, here's a song that I'm working on. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, Dude, this is awesome. It is amazing. I love it. Is it cool with you? Would it be okay if I use it? And you were like, dude, absolutely. It would be great if you did. So um, so everybody, please, I, I have his Twitter is linked in the description of uh, all my videos. Um, and, you know, especially all the ones that have the music on it, but even the ones that don't <laughs> still got the link in there. So if you're on Twitter, um, give, uh, give, give Oscar a follow. Um, he's at uh, twitter.com slash our world change. Um, so, uh, so much, man. I appreciate that. Dude, thank you so much. I mean, it really is the, it, it really is the perfect sentiment for, for, uh, what I try, what I'm trying to, you know, uh, uh, you know, ex- express uh, yeah. with, with the podcast and it's really open and there's a very loving message. So thank you for that. It's, it's, it's quite brilliant. You know, we had, we had, we had talked a lot about channelers and, you know, all this kind of stuff when we first met and, and we both had, you know, some very common interests uh, regarding spirituality, as well as, you know, uh, how to organize society or, uh, or what have you. So, you know, it's really, really cool. And it's just been amazing to connect with so many awesome people through autonomy. So um, thank you again. Um, <clears throat> thank you. Um, Lorraine says, don't feed the fear. You got it, Lorraine, you, sh- you know, and, uh, and Mark Ross says, Allison McDowell, question mark. Yes, Allison McDowell. Thank you. Cool, cool, cool. 
Well, Amy, tell us a little bit, because you've got a lot of work. I mean, you've, you've, you've got quite a body of work. So can you tell us just a little bit about um, what, what some of your, uh, you know, courses or, or webinars, what those are and, and, uh, and just kind of let us know just a, a quick overview. You don't have to um, tell us about everything, but tell us as much as you want, because like I said, you have, uh, you have quite, a, quite a few offerings. So I'd love to know, uh, just let people know what they can uh, dive into if, when they go to your website, please. Sure. Um, well, I guess uh, it can kind of be divided into um, three main things right now. There is information, um, aside from these three main things, there is information on the whole current situation that you can look into. There are webinars there to help you like investigating the science and what's going on or know your rights and tools to defend them. There's a five-part series on human rights. And I encourage anybody who's not familiar with those um, to really look at especially the first part that talks about human rights in general and what they are breaks it down to definitions. Um, but one of the things I would encourage people to do is to look at my page on empowered health. There's the webinar on there. And then there's also a collection of videos and some links on why we should always question the science. Because like I was saying earlier, I love science but it's just not the way that we're imagining it to be that we're selling it as we're kind of selling it as a religion and that it's promising certainty, but it's, it's not really like that. It's a process that we all do. It's a process of observation and playing around with bits of data, coming up with theories and then acting. And that's our experiment. And then we get feedback and we're doing it all the time. So that would be um, really key. Uh, the other thing is the free thinking sessions for kids. So there's a link um, on my website to that. Those are all donation based. Um, I'm doing that now. It's once a week with the kids for the summer. Uh, there's free thinking sessions there for kids 11 and older, and then storyteller circle for kids 10 and under. And then there's also for parents, um, there's a webinar on there called reimagining education, you can watch that for free. And you can also join in biweekly meetings on creative learning, where we can talk about and troubleshoot and discuss and you can get some assistance, whatever structure you're working with, whether you've got your kids doing online learning, or you're doing homeschooling, or just that in general, the idea with these is to awaken curiosity and wonder again, and to get away from that atmosphere of fear and control. So there's an orientation video and a couple of sample sessions that people can watch. Um, the other thing that actually came up with Oscar um, and you, Owen, talking about um, is... I'm working right now on this project. It's called Be Human, Live Free. Um, I'm putting together a montage of people's responses to two questions. What does it mean to you to be human? And what does it mean to you to be free? And they could be written responses or pieces of artwork or music. It's all going to be put together. Um, it's kind of a community project for humanity. Um, what I found really important was that you have to know what it is that you want to see in the world. And whatever it is you want to see in the world, you have to live it or it doesn't exist. 
You can have a concept or a dream of it. You could imagine somebody else somewhere is doing it, but if you don't do it yourself, it's not there. So as much as we want to fight against certain things, the biggest thing is to ask yourself, well, if I don't want that, what do I want? And how can I make it happen? And how can I make it happen right now where I am with what I have? Because that is all you need. You don't need anything extra to start right here and right now. It doesn't need to be a big parade. We don't need like video cameras and leaders and fanfare and all that kind of stuff because change only happens at the individual level. All you need to do, like, you know, we were talking about being stuck up here. When you're in an online space, there's a lot happening in that space that doesn't exist in reality until you bring it down and you act on it, you bring it into your conversation, you make it present with your friends and your family. If you don't do that, and you don't engage when other people do that, then it's like, if you've ever heard of standing waves, somebody's trying to talk to you about the current situation, right? They're just repeating stuff they've heard because they're trying to make a connection is really what most people are doing. And a lot of people just repeat what they hear because it's small talk. So like they're talking about this stuff. If you just let it go and you don't connect to it, you don't create a standing wave. It just has, it has to dissipate because there's no connection. They're not going to give up trying to connect with you. It's just not hitting the mark. So if you let it go, then they're going to start to come out with their own thoughts and you can develop that kind of skill set like you were talking about with using humor and you know the stuff that we love and we enjoy bring that into the moment and then they actually start to be human with you and talk about what really matters and then you change the whole game so that that's that's the other thing I'm trying to work on here especially in the Atlantic provinces in Canada um, but I'm putting out there now um, a bi-weekly uh, be human, live free online cafe event. So it'll be on zoom. Um, and you can find that through my, uh, one of the links I gave that goes to my, buy me a coffee, which I changed to buy me a book. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. And I put the link to, um, be human, live free in the chat. And I'll also add it to, um, to the main video as well. And the idea of standing waves, I'm not really sure where that comes from, but it sounds very familiar to me as something that was, uh, taught to me as a pendulum, uh, the pendulum idea or the idea of, of like energetic, um, energetic sort of entities or ideal ideological informational structures. And that we sort of resonate at these frequencies when we fight against them, or if we're, you know, you know, pushing them, uh, we're, we're, we're part of that thing and we're perpetuating it in reality. And mm -hmm. so uh, what is the uh, origin of, of, of standing waves? Um, I believe it's quantum physics okay. and it's kind of like, if we go back to when I was talking about the particles for food and you've got like there, these different molecules. So if you imagine that um, even to create those, to create a shape, right? What do we, you're, you're talking about frequencies, right? So you've got, if you break it down where there's no shapes, right? You just have frequencies and then the frequencies can come together and you get sound. And then if you get like a couple points, 
right? You get two points, you make a line. So now you've got something that is present and staying. You enter a third point and now you've got a shape. And then you enter a fourth point and you've got like this 3D type of structure. And then it builds off of there. Um, there's a really cool book on dimensions and kind of playing with that idea. There's, well, there's a few books that um, you could look at, but one of them that's really good is by P.D. I think it's P.D. Uspensky. And it's called In Search of the Miraculous. And it combines like the math and music and all these different things. Food is in there as well. It was really interesting uh, to read, to come across. But um, there's another one uh, on, I think, maybe nine dimensions. And you could think of yourself like that, you know? So yeah, it's, it's anything you engage with you're giving your attention to. So all you have to do, and like, I'll, I'll go back to what you were saying, that this is a, something when I was living in India, there was, um, I was with these Tibetan monks, and they would say to me every day, the most important thing, they would just repeat this all the time, enjoy your life, enjoy your life, enjoy your life. You know, they came over from Tibet, where they had family still over there that was suffering from all of that stuff that's happening in Tibet that's still going on. Um, and, you know, I really learned a lot from, from the people that I met traveling around. So it, wherever you're at, wherever you find your attention, you don't beat yourself up, right? You just relax, say it's all okay. And now if you can relax, remember, you're letting go of the fear and you're letting go of judgment and you're letting go of guilt. And you're just like, it is what it is. And now that I see it, I can change it. Yeah. And I'm willing to take the risk to change it because maybe you change it. And it's also going to be a difficult situation if you change it another way, but it's an adventure. So as soon as you make that shift, it's a lot less of beating yourself up. You know, if you're still going to go through the same stuff, you might as well not beat yourself up while you're going through it. So good. Yeah. And I believe that standing waves, yeah, if, if the quantum physics is a background, um, uh, then pendulums would be the exact same principle. And I learned that from a book called Reality Transferring. It's a Russian uh, quantum physicist actually wrote it. And that's how he I, like talks about those. Mm. Uh, yeah, where attention goes, energy flows. And the more that we you know, fight against something, the more we're actually perpetuating it. And that's uh, something that's really important to keep in mind. You know, our attention is really the the tool that we have that uh, is, is, is uh, we're using to put our, our energy into certain things. And so wherever we put our attention and our energy, you know, that we're, we're actively, you know, uh, perpetuating whatever that is. So uh, very much the same, um, same idea. Yeah. Just and they're, they're masters of this. Yeah. There are masters of playing around with your energy. Mm -hmm. If, if you are unaware, I, this is, this is one thing that I am really passionate about. And I have a video called the art of self-defense because the key thing to that is to first know thyself, right? Start doing that intimate conversation with yourself, listening to how you communicate, because until you do that, there are people out there. There are ones who do it like, with intention and there are those who just do it and they they're not like they're not willfully intending it but we're just doing it to each other 
But the ones who do it with intention are masterful because I can see what they do. They create really strong emotions, which is an upswell of very intense energy, and they provide it with a direction. So it goes exactly where they want it to go. Mm -hmm. And nobody sees where it's going because there's so much noise and confusion. Like you're, if you're stuck up here, that's exactly where they want you to be. So mm -hmm. you have to come back down home. Yeah. 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 Come home. And, and then it's let, you know, if you don't grab onto it, it can't become a thing, you know? Yeah. That's ex man. That is exactly spot on. You know, that's what I've been like on YouTube. Just like, Hey guys, this is a pendulum or a standing wave, right. Or an egregore, other people, <laughs> you know, other things, you know, just like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, for like a couple of years now, because I really thought that that's a very important thing in coming from my background of just being like really, you know, distraught and upset about, uh, the, you know, some of the, uh, truths and reality that we face, you know, um, understanding that principle was able to keep me from being on the swing of this thing, like at the bottom, like, oh, oh, oh gas mm -hmm. crisis, this crisis, and then <laughs> furthering up and up and up and up, and you're less effective yeah. where you can be um, that observer. So, you know, from that perspective, understanding it, and, you know, th this idea, I think a lot of people have who are closer to the bottom, who are riding that wave, um, they are in this frame of mind, I think often where they think that, you know, they're actively, you know, being controlled and this, and look at all this control. It's not, it's not a bunch of control. It's like, as you said, it's putting mm -hmm. an energy out there yeah. and then having that momentum carry with negative attention and positive attention, negative attention, positive attention doesn't matter. It's still perpetuating the thing that we're radiating or paying attention to. Um, yeah, come yeah. on in. And you make a good point there that I want to touch on. Yeah, um, about the um, control. Because we, there's, um, there's a really interesting thing about power. And I personally do not think that power can be concentrated anywhere. Everybody has their own power. If you imagine that you don't or you've given it away to somebody else, that, that's not really the case. But what you can do is you can put dampers on yourself because of a belief of being less than somebody. So you're assuming that that other person is better than you and therefore more qualified to make a decision for you, right? Whatever that is. And, and sort of what we're talking about with this energy, if it sounds kind of woo-woo to people, all you got to do is think about marketing yeah. and these big global direct selling companies who are so successful, all they're doing is playing on human emotion that they know really well. And we respond, we respond in kind. And because we respond, they have a product that sells because they, there's a demand there. It's meeting a desire. Yep. Very well put. Dylan, what's up, buddy? Fundy. Hey, can you hear me, Bootsy? Yeah, we can hear you. Let's see. I wrote, I wrote down a couple of things. Let me see if I can bring it up real quick. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, so it's uh, Amy, right? Cool. Nice yes. to yeah. Nice to listen to you talk with Bootsy. I got here kind of late, so uh, so I didn't really know your background or anything, but that was really helpful for you to 
talk about all those services and programs you offer. That one with the uh, free thinking kids sounds amazing and something I would have loved to participate in at a young age, early as I could, yeah. Uh, so you said something earlier that sounded like the exact same thing Bootsy says all the time. And you're saying like, you got to do more than just think something or wish for something. Like you got to be the one to do it and make it happen. And uh, Bootsy's always talking mm -hmm. about how everything already exists inside of the infinity, but you got to pull it out from the other side through your actions. Um, so that was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and one, another sort of philosophy it seemed like you sort of operate on is that expression where it's like, give a man a fish, he's fed for a day, but teach a man to fish and he's fed for the rest of his life. Seems like you're like someone just trying their hardest to teach people how to fish for themselves, which is awesome. And uh, when you mentioned the auras, uh, I wanted to ask you, do you kind of, are you down with imagining the aura flowing like a torus field? If you're familiar with that sort of geometry. Mm -hmm. right, so that's kind of how you imagine it. Yeah, flowing. sure. I mean, if you, well, I, I don't really have um, a picture of it, but I could see that making sense because if you look, um, they have the projections of around the planet too, these plasma rings that are in uh -huh. a Taurus shape. And there's, if you're interested, there's some really interesting videos. Um, I'm going to have to share them with uh, Bootsy because I can't remember the man's name right now. I think it was, um, no, I, I won't guess, <laughs> but um there's a whole fascinating thing right. about the shape of the Taurus um, that expands into language and all like a whole bunch of other areas that I'll sounds have to like, like uh, get into. Yeah. What's that? Sounds like you're talking about a guy named Santos Bonacci. He's crazy about Taurus fields. Okay. That might be okay. the guy. Yeah. Got yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, um, yep. Mm -hmm. As far as, the chakras in like relation to the aura. Um, I'd never thought about it in this set of words, but listening to you, I was thinking like, do you think the chakras are like the engines or like the pumps of the aura? Mm, that's it. Yeah. That's an interesting question. Um, like as in the, uh, they control like the flow of the energy or they're the origin of the energy. Like they're the driving force, like, like, uh, like how, like, uh, like they're the turbines on the back of the boat that push the boat forward, you know, that like drives the boat through the water or across. Yeah. The top of right. The water. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I remember seeing an image about uh, the central nervous system. And what I really found fascinating about this, because I'll connect it with what you're saying, is that where the chakras are located are where the clusters of the nervous system are in your wow. body, which is really cool. Um, and what I imagine then from what you're saying is if you are aligned, and this comes from where you're actually in tune with all of your sources of intelligence. So you're listening to all parts of yourself and you're acting 
in alignment, you're existing in alignment, then that is going to have a positive effect on the energy that you're exuding around you in the space that you occupy. It's also attracting to you certain things. So you can think of yourself almost like a, um, a universe and you're a universe that's composed of all these little microcosms. And if you can get all of them working harmoniously, then you have everything. It's like a clear sounding tone. You get the clear sounding tone, but until you have, you don't have that. Like if you are a bit out of alignment or you haven't quite come to know another part of yourself. So it's a bit in turmoil, then you you have, it has that effect on your aura too, which is interesting because it would have an effect on your microbiome as well. If you're unwell, there's a different collection of microorganisms that you're going to have. It'll be different. So yeah, it, you could think of them like you were saying, almost as drivers in that connected way. Sure. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I'm really picking up what you're putting down. Uh, that's it for me, guys. Uh, I'll leave it to you. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for popping in, Dylan. All right. No um, problem. See you later. Thank you. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now and uh, I started reading it a while ago and I missed a bunch of it. Uh, and then uh, Abby, a friend of mine, started reading it. She was like, check this out. It's got a great example. It's called The Energy Codes. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's relatively new but I haven't mm-hmm. unscribed. And she's talking a lot about the auric field. She's talking a lot about what we put into our body, our thoughts and how we radiate and how that auric field changes as a result of, of those things. So, um, so I will just, you know, mention mm-hmm. that to everybody uh, as well. It's really, it's unscribed. I use scribed S C R I B D to listen to audiobooks. Uh, I try to stay away from audible if I can. Uh, and so far I've been doing a great job. There's tons of great, uh, stuff on, on Scrab. They don't have everything, but they do a really good job. Um, so, you know, if you listen to audiobooks, then I uh, highly recommend checking that out. Um, well, and, and, or maybe I'm sure they have it at like Barnes and Noble and stuff. It's written by a doctor. She had a, like a Kundalini awakening. She talks about her story and, um, and, and then, you know, she starts to talk about how she does her work and she's giving right now, I'm only in like the fourth or so chapter, but she's talking about a bunch of different practices that she has learned that we can use to kind of um, work with our chakras and, and those types of things. So very, very interesting stuff uh, is a great book. Do you want do you, would you like a shortcut? Yes, absolutely. If, if you, if you want to, so we all know, like, you know, for a person, we kind of know, like we can feel like our personal space and we can feel the energy of another person. But if you really want to practice how you feel, be around dogs. It, you, the thing they pick up most is your energy. So I've worked with animals and with dogs in particular. And if you are able to be in a very calm, very sure state, then dogs are fine around you. But if you are not, they pick it up and they reflect it back at you. So it's like, and it, you can't, you can't like, uh, talk your way out of it, you know, and be like, oh, you know, I'm fine. Everything's all right. <laughs> Doc doesn't care. <laughs> there you go. The dog's like, cool. I, I don't, I don't buy what you're selling me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, that's, I think that's so true. It's so funny too, because I have a friend who has a dog and every time he comes and visits, he brings, he brings her and, uh, and she's super calm and chill. She's just a great dog anyway, but um, I could definitely tell, you know, like, uh, when I'm around 
different animals. If I'm like stressed, then they pick it up and they say that, you know, that they kind of reflect the energy of their owner. That's, that's very true. Like dogs definitely do take that, take on that characteristic. And that's a great, um, that's a great tip and a great trick. I mean, actually I've, I've been thinking about getting a dog. I'm currently kind of, uh, going through, uh, I'm going to be traveling a fair bit this month and stuff. So I don't know if I'm quite ready yet to puppy up, but, <laughs> but that might be a little bit of a synchronicity and something that I've been thinking about as well. So thank you for sharing that, Amy. Mm. Is there anything else uh, yeah. that you want to yeah. uh, share with us? Uh, you know, before we get going, I, I have us blocked off, uh, but you know, um, I want to make sure that I'm not taking up too much of your time and uh, happy to, uh, to, to share whatever, uh, or stay on for a little while longer, but I mean, I know we all have uh, stuff going on, but if there's anything else you would love to share, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have this time booked off too. So that that's cool. Um, uh, I guess, um, the things that maybe people in your audience might be interested that I did, because you talk about metaphysical um, things is I do have a playlist on my YouTube channel for metaphysical science. And there's some really uh, fun videos in there, including from uh, Thomas Campbell. He wrote uh, three books um, called My Big Toe or Theory of Everything. But there's some presentations that he gave in Calgary a few years back, which are really, really interesting. And uh, what I like about it is say, for example, we're talking about the aura and like the shape of the aura or the colors of the aura. This is what I find so cool about each person's perception is like he said, you know, it, do it doesn't really have a set shape or a set color, but it depends on what you read and what your influence was, because that's how it's going to help you, because that's your key, which is really cool, because like um say you do like you read a book and it's awesome and you get all this amazing stuff from it, but you give it to a friend and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you crazy? Like this, I couldn't even read this stuff. I don't see what you're seeing. And instead of being like, Oh, well now I got to try to explain it. It's kind of like, Oh, well that book wasn't meant for that person. It was, I was meant to read that book because there was something in there that unlocked like an understanding in me, but there was no like inherent awesomeness to it which makes it it's, a, it's not demeaning for the book or anything it just makes it really cool the interplay like the interaction it's like wow so you can find truth in anything and for each person it's going to depend on what's best suited for them and then now you can ask somebody like how do you picture an aura well maybe they're going to tell you it's a microbiome maybe they're going to tell you it's an aura that's in colors or or maybe they're going to see they just feel like the energy and they're going to talk about it in different language but it's you'll recognize it even though they're using different terminology um so anyways that's that's on there um and i did an interview with a lady called lynette duncan and she's on instagram and youtube she goes by oracle of your soul and she's an astrologer. Um, and I really appreciate her view on how she interprets what is happening with the position of the planets. And she uses different like decks as well. Um, so she, that's a really interesting uh, thing. We talk about astrology and how scientifically that actually makes sense too. the positions of the planets and how that has an effect on human biology. Um, and the other one is with a lady called Laurel Erica, 
And she has a website called Word Magic Global. And she's like a word, word wizard. She's this lovely woman. Um, I think she's in California. And she has one of her videos that went around a lot last year was called um, The Spells of the English Language, I think. Mm. And it's in a poem form that she put together. Uh, really nice video. Um, but you can see on her website, she also has this one about like the word I and the big I and the little I. Um, there's something really cool you can discover with that. But um, we talk about word hypnosis and her whole thing is about unraveling that so that you can free yourself from these kind of, you know, you get into habitual patterns and you're just using this language and you don't even recognize how it's making you feel or think. And be like, okay, well, maybe we can uh, play around with that and shift it. That's awesome. I know um, Dylan, who was just here, he, he's done a lot of research into language. And I think there's a lot of overlap between, um, you know, the idea of spells, how language works, uh, as well as, you know, Korzybski's work uh, and Robert Anton Wilson and, uh, and those folks who talked a lot about language uh, and NLP and that type of stuff as well. So um, I know he'll be fascinated um, and I'm going to look into that uh, as well. That was, so you said Lynette Duncan um, and the last, yeah. mm-hmm. the last one was, I just, uh, Laurel, Laurel, Laurel Erica and Laurel Erica. her last name is spelled A I yeah. A I R I C A. Cool. 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 Amazing. Wow. You've done a lot of amazing work and I really, really, really can't thank you enough for taking the time to come and talk uh, with us. I uh, will be sure to share the heck out of that be human, live free link. Um, I'll make a submission as well. And I'll put that in the Facebook group. I'll put it in discord. Um, Amy's in our discord. So, you know, if, uh, if you guys want to reach out to her, tell her how awesome uh, she is please feel free to do so. You know, we all appreciate that. And please feel free uh, to also uh, reach out to Oscar as well and tell him how much you, uh, I've heard dude, so much good feedback on the, on the, on the, um, on the song. So, uh, so that's just the beginning. That's just scratching the surface to the depths of, of, of my good friend, Oscar Sanchez here. And, uh, and I think the same is true with Amy. Um, And so I can't, I I can't thank you enough. And I'm really excited to continue to explore your work and collaborate. Um, Thank you guys so much for hanging out today. I really appreciate it. And thanks to everybody out there for uh, tuning in. Thank you, Owen. Yeah. Thank you guys. Y'all are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Much, much love everybody. Thank you guys. Uh, Yeah. It's been great connecting with the both of you. Yeah. Yeah. It really has. I, I, I kind of, I had an, I, 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 I thought it would be, and you know, I, I feel like my intuition is usually right. Do I always hear it and respond to it accurately? Well, you know, not necessarily, but in this case, I felt like it was a <laughs> really, really good thing uh, to do. Uh, and it worked out well. And yeah, my words today, not the best, but that's all right. Because again, you know, like, <laughs> we uh we are different varying degrees of awesome so thank you very very much for that and uh and yeah thanks everybody we'll see y'all soon and uh take take care peace out